In this episode of Script to Screen, Kenyatta and I continue our discussion from part one on Neo-Noir. We apologize for some quality sound issues as there are some background noises in some segments. We hope you can still enjoy our talk covering more modern noir. So, <clears throat> the list I gave you, like, what, what, are, what are some, okay, you mentioned Heat, and um, what other films were on, not on my list that you have on your list, or is there something on my list that you didn't have on your list that, um, what, what is on your list? I know Heat is on there. <laughs> and, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, we already <laughs> mentioned, uh, yeah, Memento, Heat, uh, Usual Memento, Suspects. Memento heat. Yeah, Usual Suspects, and uh, Man Who Was okay. There, uh, Prisoners. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can mention uh, some some of the uh, futuristic uh, noir, or tech noir, uh, if you, uh, that was uh, sort of... Uh, Spawned on by uh, Blade Runner, uh, Dark City. Uh, yeah. Dark, yeah, Dark City is <clears throat> sort of uh, it, it's this uh, film noir detective story st- just set on a uh, you know a spoilers uh, alien uh, space station, uh, and uh, it's all about uh, conspiracy and uh, what the uh, how, what these aliens have made uh, you know why are these aliens uh, trying to figure out humanity in this way by uh, implanting memories and uh, uh, having people act out uh, roles and uh, 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 different roles in society and different jobs. Uh, and also a minority report uh, from that uh, is also, a, uh, you know, takes the futuristic setting and, uh, but uh, puts a, uh, just puts, a, puts a crime thriller in it and, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe one of the most stylish of uh, the futuristic noirs, uh, well, probably one of the most influential because uh, you can see the, the technology from Minority Report uh, 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 pop up in other, uh, other sci-fi uh, ventures. But uh, uh, I, I, again, they, both Spielberg and uh, Alex Proyas uh, from Dark City uh, they take the elements from the old genre and just translate it to either a futuristic setting or an alien setting uh, in the case of uh, Dark City. But, uh, and, but they do it in a way that updates it and refreshes it uh, for different audiences. Like the films you just mentioned, <clears throat> the common, one of the common things I see in it is how the everyday average person, they're impacted by kind of like mind control. It's like they're, <laughs> the thought, it's like, it, it's like psycho, it's like kind of like psychological warfare, so to speak, um, where your mind is kind of like the battlefield. And to the everyday average person, kind of like Dark City, it's like they control things in a sense where, okay, systematically, you know, this is how things are set up and they they do it by mind control. Like they, they make you, it's like, it's, it's like what people go to, I can't, I've been seeing a while, I think people go to sleep and they wake up and they yeah. have these roles. And then with um, 
And then with um, Minority Report, the same thing. It's kind of like they're predicting behavior through the, um, I forgot what they call, but they could tell the future. Precogs, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, precogs, there you go. And then, um, and, 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 and typically you find this in the more futuristic noir films because we have the technological um, <clears throat> means of, of doing it because uh, using technology kind of to control people. You know, so I see that a lot. I see that theme a lot. And because even nowadays, when you have people who have conspiracy theories on COVID and, um, um, you know, whatever, whatever else, they call like what they, what they call it the woke community. It's like this battle between the woke community, the vilified um, compared to, because I think, I think this world is full of cognitive dissonance. And um, this is why, you know, I kind of say that I'm surprised film noir is not my favorite. I do, I do like it, but I'm surprised it's not my favorite because it deals with these, these, uh, these things where um, I, I truly believe that the masses, see Chuck D from Public Enemy called, instead of saying the masses, it's the masses. <laughs> and you know, they, I remember in um, a film by Charlie Chaplin, I can't remember which film it was, where the opening scene was a bunch of sheep uh, being herded. And then in the next shot is a bunch of people um, kind of being herded off into their work, you know, going to work and stuff like that. Um, kind of comparing, uh, juxtaposing uh, sheep with people. So kind of like we're sheep. And, um, and when I say cognitive dissonance, it's like nowadays, it's kind of like, I think people could be easily manipulated for the most part. And um, you can see that in the cognitive dissonance because like no matter how much proof you can present to someone, they stick to what they originally believed or were taught or what they were exposed to. And um, so, so I think film noir kind of touches on that a little bit, how, you know, uh, people can be manipulated through technology, so to speak. Um, it's like that question, anything, kind of like uh, V from Vendetta. I, can't, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I knew it had something to do with that theme. And I believe 1984, I haven't seen that in a while. And I also think, I don't know if you've seen those films or remember them, but you can confirm whether they dealt with that things of kind of like the masses kind of being controlled by the government, either through technology or some other means. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, a lot of sci-fi deals with that, uh, the idea of uh, Big Brother or corporations or any sort of thing having, uh, you know, being able to, uh, yeah, to mind control and to, um, to uh, just flat out uh, uh, plant yeah, memories and uh, create this uh, 
uh, <clears throat> you know, it's sort of like a total recall uh, with uh, uh, just uh, we'll remember for you, remember for, for you wholesale. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll implant our own sort of idea of the world and uh, supplant your uh, supplant uh, free will. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, definitely a huge theme that runs throughout, uh, you know, a lot of sci-fi, uh, especially the, the, the futuristic sci-fi that I, the, the uh, tech noir that I mentioned. Um, and it's, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting that, um, uh, uh, that the, the movie that sort of kicked off uh, futuristic noir or tech noir, or, uh, if, you, if you still want to call it the Blade Runner, uh, the, the follow-up also is able to, uh, you know, it, it goes into sort of uh, the same territory, but uh, in terms of uh, AI uh, becoming a new, you know, subservient species uh, that we created just for our own benefit, um, and uh, it's the um, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine sort of uh, takes that takes that concept. Uh, but just takes it to, you know, it's able to update it just a little bit more and it gives a little bit more, you know, of, uh, um, it gives more of a humanity to the replicants because uh, Ryan Gosling is a replicant and uh, he obviously does have feelings. He does have his own uh, free will, but uh, he seems to be, uh, he is also just roped along in this uh, conspiracy. And uh, you have to wonder, you know, how much of that was his own free will and how much was, uh, implanted or created for him. So yeah, uh, those are always, you know, huge, big, you know, you know, uh, uh, big, you know, societal concern, you always, uh, huge societal questions of, uh, what, you know, um, uh, of overreach of message and overreach of, uh, government and, overreach and uh, corporate, uh, takeover. Yeah, another big one, Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one of the, one of the scenes, memorable scenes is um, I cannot remember the character's name, but um, the part where he's at the dinner table eating steak, and uh, he was like, "Is this really a steak?" He's like, "I don't care anymore." <laughs> it's like I don't care anymore mm -hmm. because. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, his, his choice was, I would rather just go back to sleep rather than to face this mm -hmm. reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And that's, hey, that's, that's, that's cognitive dis dissonance mm -hmm. on steroids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you want to, you, you, you want to go to sleep. Mm. You don't want to wake up. You want mm. to, whatever, you don't care what the, um, you know the governing force, whether that you're being manipulated or not. It's like, okay, let me get my piece of happiness by, you know, um, it may not be real, but hey, it's better than, you know, um, facing what's really real. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's it's bleak and whatever. But the uh, force-fed the author, kind of like the author of your reality, who's it being authored by? Is it being, is, is it being uh, authored by somebody, like, like I said, a, a governing force? <clears throat> and they wanna keep you happy to keep you from 
wanting justice or fighting for justice or fighting for like a systematic way of um, of systematic fairness because there has to be some kind of uh, imbalance because you're gonna have you know because you have this um, corrupt you have this uh, I guess you call elite or whatever you want to call this governing force you have it's kind of like this uh, hierarchical you know structure where you know um, you have you know you have to access to resources and there's you want you have some people wanting majority resources you know what I mean about everybody else kind of have to fight to get the rest <laughs> you know but 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 after a while you don't want the people who are scrapping like to stop and say hey look at these people you know here they're the one manipulating all this justice would be what justice looks like everybody having that quality of life that 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 uh fair you know um proportionate uh, share of resources to live a quality life how come how come a system's not working that way you know so 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 once you start questioning things and um you see you see the injustice you fight against that it's kind of like i heard somebody say if you want to know who your enemy is uh follow the money so whoever benefits from whatever injustice you're um experiencing Take a look at who benefits. You know what I mean? So who always benefit? They don't want you to see that. You know, so when I look at these film noir, they're kind of addressing or they're kind of, uh, you know, um, they're taking on this journey. Okay. Um, asking these questions or presenting these scenarios. You know, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know it's uh, uh, you know that that scene in the Matrix which you mentioned with uh, Cipher and uh, eating the steak and not not caring whether or not it's it's real um, it's real to him and you know um, people will people will do anything you know we were talking about desperation uh, a little bit before I uh, wrote also some people will do anything for peace of mind uh, just for you know ignorant you know as Cipher puts it. Uh, Ignorance is bliss uh, sometimes, and um, there uh, <clears throat> sometimes, yeah, the the, the forces uh, the forces at work, you know, whether that be you know um, government or corporation, or corporate, or the you know insert insert your own uh, uh, sort of uh, over overlord, but uh, they. they they're there to sort of uh, muddy the waters and to make it hard for uh, you know, egalitarian egalitarian means. But um, uh, one movie that uh, and uh, I'm try to uh, try to open the uh, try to open the, the doors for more uh, international uh, uh, noir. Uh, this one from uh, Korea or South Korea by Bong Joon-ho, um, Memories of Murder, uh, is definitely one that uh, goes along with that. It shows uh, just how a police investigation into a murder is uh, it's completely just derailed and uh, you know, 
Um, uh, and um, uh, I could just uh, defeated in every single uh, uh, turn because of uh, bureaucracy and uh, any, any incompetence by uh, by the uh, investigating officer. And it, it's such a great uh, um, you know way way into um, uh, dealing with complicated ideas about how society works and uh, um, what exactly you know goes on uh, underneath the hood, uh, underneath you know uh, just being you know uh, with that uh, goes beyond uh, just ignorance and bliss. Right. So, like <clears throat> LA Confidential. I'm gonna go back to that real quick. They kept asking him, like, uh, when he after he caught what he thought who the um, night owl murderers were, and I was like, why would you, why would you open that back up? I mean, you, you made your name for solving this case, uh, open it back up. Why would you do that? Because if something comes out of it, that kind of can undo everything, you know? So the guy, I, I always thought, there's other films I can't think of right now that's kind of said the same thing where, and, and it happens in real life, where you have uh, detectives solving cases, but, but, but um, kind of like, you have the names in the red, you want to get them red off the board. Okay. So um is it about is is it about getting that getting getting those cases? Cause they have a board. I don't know if just you know whoever's listening to this, but there's a board where you have a case. If it's in the red, it means unsolved, so you gotta turn it to black. So is it about turning stuff into black? Like, um, is it just you want to hurry up and get this case solved and go on to the next one? Do you just want to make a name for yourself? Or do you want true justice? So see, see, there goes again, a common theme in film noir is about justice. Um, is it, it's like even justice where, let's say you have a case where a crime is committed. And so you want to hurry up and solve it as soon as you can but there more, there's more than meets the eye, you know. Um, if you look at the Innocence Project, how many people were exonerated after many, many years they've been innocent in prison only because people were more concerned about <clears throat> making a name for themselves, advancing their careers. So, so is this about justice or is this about personal glory so that's that you know because i always that always concerned me because personally if i were in that situation you know um i'm not in that situation but i would i would think that i'll be more concerned about getting it right hopefully hopefully you know but you never know when you're actually in that situation it just seems like I don't hear enough. I don't hear it enough where people are concerned about getting it right. You know, in terms of let's say you think you are doing the, doing the right thing, you think you are, but then something comes about. And it's like, oh, 
maybe I didn't get it right, maybe I got it wrong. Let me fix it. Let me, let me, you know, do better. You know what I mean? So it's like that's <clears throat> that's why I think the film noir uh, genre is very deep. It's very deep, and I said because it 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 um it, it has the uh, opportunity to present these really complex themes that are relatable that that happens in real life that people can relate to, and you know. Um, that people deal with on a daily basis or, you know, in a lifetime. And they're very deep issues, you know, kind of like you think about the Central Park Five. Um, <clears throat> you know, they just hurry, you know, they just, you know, put that case together, so on and so forth. And then, um, you know, when things start coming out, it's like, and, and I always thought too, like, let's, let's say it's kind of like, it's come across as convenience. It's like, okay, open, shut case, boom, boom, it's convenient. But when you do that, you're not really concerned that, you know, it's like, you're not kind of like making sure, double checking yourself and making sure that justice is being served. Because if you're wrong, guess what? The person who is guilty, who actually did the crime, is still out there. So, so, so to me, that puts another layer to it. You know, what I mean, you put somebody incident, then somebody else, you know, um, is not being, you know, they're, they're not being caught. They continue to do what they've been doing because you're so self-absorbed in your own. Um, individual success or you know career path so i think film noir it it, it um you know it, it um it has a lot of that in their themes and a lot of these movies certainly uh yeah uh everything you just said uh, yeah um about uh uh are what uh, law enforcement uh, people in law enforcement are they are just trying to close the case? Or are they actually you know gunning for justice? Are they actually do they want to make sure that this is right and we have we think we got the right person uh, that uh, they definitely did this crime? Or are they just trying to you know put another um, case on uh, the, the closed section? And um, I think uh, one series I just thought of. Uh, does that outlines as well in terms of uh, how our uh, criminal justice system can be corrupted and, uh, and uh, used adversely is uh, the night of uh, it, was a, it was a mini series on hbo a few years ago with uh what's it called night of um oh the night okay yep, yep. the night okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, with uh, riz ahmed yep. uh and, yep. and you know as an arab american uh you know he was just you know in, uh, you know, it just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, it was completely in the wrong place at the wrong time. And as, uh, you know, is um, uh, accused of uh, murdering a, a, a girl that he had a one night stand with. Uh, but, uh, and he doesn't have any, he doesn't have a recollection of the encounter at first. Um, he, uh, because uh, I think because they were jointly, they were uh, drinking or some sort of uh, drugs, if I remember correctly. But um, again, it just shows that sometimes uh, police 
would really rather just have something that's you know like an open and shut case uh, rather than doing invest really clear cut investigative work to make sure that they they have the right person. Um, even though all the signs point to uh, all the signs point to the prime suspect, but uh, you have to make sure that uh, you do your due diligence. Uh, make sure that uh, you know uh, this person is afforded uh, due process and is. Uh, is you know assumed innocent uh, you know, before uh, before putting him in front of a, a jury. Yeah, I remember seeing that. It was pretty good. And you know, some some honorable mentions. I would say um, "Devil in the Blue Dress" or "Denzel Washington," which I'm kind of disappointed that I read the because it's based on Walter Mosley books. There's an easy Rollins um, was the name of the character. He had a series of books uh, that follow Easy Rollins and Mouse played by Don Cheadle. And I'm kind of disappointed to only meet one. And I believe that the it's not like the movie didn't do well. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it was a flop. It probably didn't make tons and tons of money, but uh, I can't think of anybody who didn't like it. And um, so that's kind of that's that's definitely an honorable mention for me, and as well as Pan Grant films this from the black exploitation uh, era, Coffee and Foxy Brown, uh, sort of like uh, that that the female. I think that's um, one of the first time like a black female was in a kind of like heroic. Because uh, usually they were thought they were more used as TNA, you know. They really didn't have kind of like that prominent role. They weren't the protagonists who were um, that that was usually portrayed. You know, men were were in those roles where you know we were the um, the protagonists and uh, men were the protagonists. And here you had the female, and she. She was she was more than just a sexual being. She, um, you know, so I don't know if you have you seen those films, uh, Coffee and Foxy Brown. Oh yeah, I've seen uh, yeah, I've definitely seen Devil in the Blue Dress. I like to think of it as sort of the cousin to uh, L.A. Confidential. You know, it came out around right. the same time too. Uh, you know, ironically enough, um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen more in the series, but uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, Seeing, uh, seeing Denzel some crimes in uh, 1950s LA, I thought that would have been just great to see that series continue. But uh, yeah, I like to think of uh, uh, both LA Confidential and Devil in the Blue Dress as sort of uh, you know, uh, expanding on what uh, Chinatown did in terms of you know, giving a more complete picture of LA and uh, its founding. And uh, uh, a movie I, in the uh, I love Pam Greer. She's she's great. I, uh, and uh, one movie that uh, um, uh, another uh, yeah, from a filmmaker we haven't uh, mentioned yet, but he has done a few. Uh, I think a film noirs, at least a more noir, uh, Tarantino with uh, Jackie Brown. Um, right. Uh, definitely, I think you know if, <laughs> you know the old adage for that is that. Uh, if you think Jackie Brown is Tarantino's uh, best movie, uh, you're not really a fan of Tarantino, <laughs> uh, because 
it's a yeah, it's definitely different. It's adapted from uh, Elmore. Uh, is it Elmore Leonard? I think. Uh, book? Elmore Leonard novel, yeah. yeah Elmore Leonard uh, novel, yeah. Right, yeah. Rum, punch, rum Punch. Right, um, yeah, I read exactly. the novel. That's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So basically, uh, Quentin Tarantino is, a you know, he's a fan of Black exploitation films and definitely a Pam Griff fan. So what he did was in Rum Punch, the um, lead character is actually white male and he just totally switched it to a Black female. So he kind of put his twist on it kind of like he made it like a black uh, modernized black exploitation film so yeah jackie brown was an amazing film and um yeah that was one of my favorite uh to this day uh tarantino is definitely the top three uh tarantino films uh, I, I i believe yeah uh yeah jack yeah jackie brown is one of my favorites from him um you know, uh, it seems to be uh, adapting a novel uh, seems to keep down his worst tendencies in terms of uh, in terms of uh, his, uh, his idiosyncrasies as a filmmaker. Uh, it's very polished. It's very uh, very stylish. Um, you know, um, it, but uh, it's I, I would definitely say it's one of and also a, a great uh, modern noir uh, in terms of uh, putting you know. Uh, black exploitation, you know, in um, uh, you know in the late 1990s LA, and also in, in terms of having uh, more better, uh, more diverse representation on screen. I think the Widows, uh, where it was Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen uh, filmmaker UK, not Steve McQueen uh, uh, American actor, uh, Widows uh, with uh, Viola Davis and uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, from a few years ago, uh, Chicago Noir, uh, nicely enough. Uh, it's, a, it's good that uh, Chicago is in, uh, it's represent there. Uh, but, uh, and, they, and Widows uh, goes into, uh, you know, uh, the gray zone of morality. Is it okay for this group of women uh, you know, that have been you know, widowed uh, because of uh, the heist that happens? Um, is it okay for them to try and uh, rip off the uh, corrupt uh, Chicago politician? I think uh, definitely that's that's uh, one of the most recent uh, modern noirs that I, I definitely I, I definitely enjoy. Did I mention Hell High Water? Did you see that one? I did see it. Yeah, you. Uh, I think we mentioned it very uh, quickly right at the top. But yeah, that's like sort of Western noir along with uh, uh, No Country for Old Men and uh, right. a few others. Uh, yeah, just uh, transporting the setting, you know, in time, but uh, just giving all the same elements. You know, it's uh, um, the, the two brothers on the run and, the, and Robin Banks, but it's uh, you know to try and help out their families ostensibly, at least with uh, Chris Pine's character. I don't remember uh, the other brother. Uh, I think he was just in it just for the money. But uh, again, yeah, it, it just. Uh, it, it presents a, a, uh, a question to the audience. What would you do in the, these brothers' position? Or they don't have access to um, health care or they don't have access to their, um, funds to help, uh, to, help the life, uh, to help their family. Very good performances in that film. Excellent performance, yeah. Very well. Uh, do you know who the director is for that film? Uh, David McKenzie. Uh, he's a UK filmmaker. Uh, he's done 
Uh, yep, David McKenzie. Mm -hmm. Taylor uh, Sheridan wrote the right. script. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, yeah Taylor Sheridan uh, is also, I think we briefly mentioned uh, Elmore uh, Leonard in terms of uh, film, uh, novel adaptation. That they, yeah, he's written some, some great uh, sort of Norish, uh, uh, Western noir with uh, Sicario, Color uh, High Water, and uh, Wind River. Sicar yeah, Sicario, a very excellent film. Mm. You, you saw Sicario, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah very good film. Probably more action than uh, than uh, most uh, you know, film noir, but uh, you could make an argument that it fits into the, uh, the category. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely say now that I, I'm, I'm thinking films in the category of film noir. I would definitely put that because you have a mm -hmm. crime, you have the anti-hero, you have these complex um, themes that are being presented and being addressed. Uh, it may have a lot of action. It's kind of like I was thinking about even Logan uh, it has a lot of action in it. Because before, and I think with the... Uh, Initially, with film noir, it didn't have all you know. You have action films that's full of action, but nowadays, kind of like that neo noir is introducing more action than uh, noir films were used to having, and mostly was mostly about um, <clears throat> story and plot and stuff like that. So. Um, but but in Logan, that's different from the other X Men film and superhero films. It was more. See, notice how bloody it was, man. <laughs> I mean, it was vicious. When you, when you see Wolverine, I mean, yeah, he did stab people with his knives, but you know, but in this film, it's like he was taking people's arms off, and I mean, it was vicious, man. It was like. Kind of like Freddy Krueger vicious. You know, <laughs> they even said somebody even said mm. something about Freddy Krueger. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember, like when that opening scene. Um, that 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 um, when when they was trying to uh, steal his tires off his car, and then he got he got into um, physical altercation with the Cholos, and then later on, um, because that that. Um, Somebody, somebody found him because of that. Um, you know, I guess they found out what happened. So that was like, oh, this has to be you. That's how they found him. And he, he actually said, Freddy Krueger. It was like, yeah, uh, the Cholos, they were dealt with like, they were dealing with Freddy Krueger, you know? It wasn't, you know, that's not verbatim with the dialogue, but, um, that, and that, you know, cause you know, uh, why, why is this so different? I mean, it was in terms of film noir. You you would it is a little bit more violent. Let's like think about seven too. You know, um, the only the only film noir that I could see when the violence was toned down was a history of violence and violence is in the title. <laughs> and I was David Cronenberg, and I was reading right how. Um, <clears throat> I guess he hates comic books. Uh, he thinks they're for children. Mm. David Cronenberg, and then he didn't find out till later 
um, after he took on a project that it was based on a graphic novel. And then um, there were scenes that were that were um, different from. He he told he said he purposely toned down because the way the way it was written, it was more vicious. And um, he said he toned it down because he doesn't believe in. <laughs> he doesn't want to glorify violence, which I thought was crazy. Come from David Cronenberg. I mean, I've seen David Cronenberg films before. I mean, you have The Fly. You have um, there's a couple of films I can't think of off the top of my head, but there was one. I think it's called. It was. It's not called Crash, but um, maybe you could. Maybe you know what, what I'm talking about. It was with James Spader and um, a couple other actors. So the whole thing was about them. They had this fetish with getting into car crashes. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes, it does. Yep. It, it, yeah, yeah. it's called Crash, but uh, yeah. Not, not oh, it's called Crash? It is called Crash, oh, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for somebody who made films like that, it's like <laughs> you tone down film, <laughs> uh, uh, violence, a film called History of Violence, because you don't want to glorify violence. I was like, okay, David Cronenberg. But, um, yeah, so I think Neil Noir, they're going more towards kind of like that stylized um, graphic violence, kind of like Sin City. Look at Sin City. You know, um, we have Yellow Bastard when he beat somebody to death until the, I mean, he basically decapitated somebody by just beating them to death. So, I, you know, so I think that's the difference between Neil Noir and, um, and uh, what film noir used to be. Certainly, yeah, certainly. Uh, because, uh, yeah, both of those mentioned, uh, Logan, Sin City, uh, and uh, History of Violence, uh, they're all based on, uh, adapted from graphic novels. Uh, one that uh, comes up that uh, some people don't even uh, uh, think that, uh, or don't even know that it's a, uh, uh, originally a graphic novel is A Road to Perdition. With, uh, Tom oh, Hanks, yep, yep. Tom Hanks mm -hmm. and uh, Paul Newman. Uh, that's definitely uh, drenched in, uh, you know, literally drenched uh, in some cases with uh, homages to film noir, uh, the uh, very the antihero played by Tom, uh, you know, Tom Hanks's gangster character that wants to uh, wants to go legit and that wants to leave the, the, his, you know, his crime family behind uh, with his son. Um, that's uh, another one that uh, uh, sort of presents um, sort of presents a, a different perspective uh, uh, than, than you, what you're used to. Uh, sort of the, uh, the gangster that tries to go legit and that tries to uh, go clean. Uh, yeah, and then in terms of David Cronenberg, uh, uh, yeah, the history of violence is a good example. I would also say Eastern Promises, uh, with uh, also with Viggo Mortensen, uh, is also a uh, Sort of a UK set uh, film noir uh, with uh, the Russian mafia and uh, uh, people uh, people caught in the middle uh, between uh, the violence and the uh, yeah the the worlds between uh, the immigrant community the Russian immigrant community and the uh, the, the, mafia, the people that are tied to the, the mafia. Mm. No. Other ones, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll do a little bit of honorable mentions and uh, see about uh, our wrapping up. Um, 
uh, from uh, Australia, Animal Kingdom. Uh, it was made into a, a TNT series uh, recently. Uh, I haven't checked that out, but the original movie like uh, from five, six years ago is especially great. Uh, it shows um, this Australian crime family and um, you know, and how the, yeah, how they go about things and how they um, how they deal with um, uh, certain issues that come up in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the, the deals they make and uh, the family that uh, the family they want to include and uh, not not to include, but uh, it has a it has a kick-ass ending, uh, one of the best uh, just uh, knockdown ending. I, I won't spoil it. Uh, for anyone that uh, wants to check it out, but definitely uh, the ending really, uh, you know, it's very hard for an ending to kind of just bowl me over in terms of uh, a twist reveal. Um, but uh, that one definitely has a great, great ending. Um, and uh, Ben Middleson, uh, you know, that's kind of how he, he got his international uh, start. Uh, you know, now he's the uh, epitome of, uh, of bad guys. That guy, he's also, he, he's, uh, he's a villain in that one too, but uh, um, he shows uh, definitely that um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, range there in just uh, the, the mustache twin villain. And um, uh, one final uh, L.A. Noir, uh, but this one's a little bit different, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, by uh, Shane Black. Uh, sort of a comedic take on uh, the very uh, the tropes of the uh, of the film noir crime thriller with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Uh, it, you know, it takes all the the tropes, but it puts in that that uh, Shane Black, as a matter of fact, humor. You know, that he developed from Lethal Weapon, and um, and is able to really um, uh, put a new take on to the. Uh, to uh, Neil Noir. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Animal Kingdom. I I've, I've watched the series, mm. and um, I didn't know it was based on a film. So now, mm -hmm. now, you know, as you were talking, I was looking it up. Uh, came out in two thousand ten. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Especially I'm looking at the people in it. Guy Pierce. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, Middleton as. Um, Hope and Baz is Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got checked out. I never, I never knew that uh, it was a film first, mm -hmm. a movie first. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. And um, and for the TV series, they moved it from the UK to uh, California. Oh, uh, Australia to California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, Australia yeah. to California. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's a great movie. Great, yeah, definitely a great yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, yeah, it's just uh, all the Australian actors you like: Guy Pearce, uh, Joel Edgerton, Jackie Reaver, Ben Mendelsohn. It's like uh, just a deep bench of great uh, Australian character actors. Yeah, I gotta check that. I'm, I'm you know, thank, thank you for that uh, mentioning that. I'm glad you didn't spoil yeah, it because yeah, it is that it is a great. There's, it's a great ending. I'm glad he didn't spoil it for you. <laughs> I'm glad too. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I never heard of it. Mm. But the TV show, you know, I watched that. But uh, another one we didn't mention that I 
if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you go see is uh, the the Nice Guys or Russell Crowe. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I, yeah would, I saw it. Yeah, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend that. It's pretty. It's yeah, like would, comedic, more of a comedic side, but mm-hmm. well, definitely very good film. So have it, mm-hmm. whoever hasn't seen it, I would definitely recommend. Mm-hmm. Very good film. Right. Yeah, I, I put them more in like a buddy cop, uh, you know, lethal weapon uh, sort of uh, clone, but uh, just done with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe uh, as the pair. Right. But uh, yeah, th- no, there's definitely some Norish elements, but I think uh, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is able to you know, use the sort of, again, uh, L.A. Noir uh, atmosphere uh, a, little, a little bit more. And yeah. Um, is that with Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, right, right. Okay, I got to check that. I was thinking about checking that out again. Um, yeah. I think I, I could have sworn I'd seen it, but it was so long mm-hmm. ago that I don't remember if I saw the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll definitely, I'm looking it up now. And you was going to mention something else? All right, and uh, yeah, I'll actually mention just, uh, uh, let's say, I want to mention my last three, just, uh, I wouldn't say honorable mention, it's just ones that we didn't get to. Uh, first one is Gone Girl, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. Uh, yeah, uh, it sort of, instead of, uh, you know, it kind of turns it, the, the genre on its head, it puts the femme fatale as the, as the main protagonist. I, I think we had a discussion on whether or not, uh, um, uh, uh, Rosamund Pike's uh, Amy Dunn character was the uh, protagonist or antagonist, but uh, she definitely uh, uh, turns that uh, the entire genre on its head with that performance and uh, the, the story. And uh, Brick, I, I think Mark mentioned it uh, last time out uh, with right. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, it's sort of uh, not quite as comedic as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but uh, there's definitely a sort of a uh, comedic feel to putting uh, the really heavy, uh, you know, 1950s uh, sort of style uh, uh, film noir dialogue into a high school setting with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the uh, as the guy investigating the disappearance of uh, a girl he likes. Uh, very well done. Uh, it's Ryan, you know, Ryan Johnson of uh, Last Jedi fame. Uh, his first uh, feature, and oh, and also uh, of course uh, Breaking Bad, uh, yeah, a few episodes there. And finally, I, I can't believe we—I I didn't mention this along with uh, Memories of Murder, but uh, I definitely have to say uh, Park Chan Wook's uh, Old Boy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, takes uh, takes the uh, takes the genre to its very uh, uh, <laughs> to its most extreme. Uh, uh, ends in terms of uh, desperation, and, you know, and, and all the stuff we covered, desperation, justice, revenge, uh, and uh, corruption, and, corruption, and yeah, yeah. conspiracy. I mean, it just puts every element in, into it. Uh, you know, p- people probably don't think of it as a film noir, you know. Uh, it's definitely it's, to me. Yeah, def- I would I wholeheartedly agree because uh, even though it's uh, Korean, it's definitely, I would might be maybe the most uh, film noir um, movie ever uh, made because it just packs in just uh, everything in the genre just takes it to the extremes, uh, especially with the uh, twist ending <laughs> that happens. I think we both put together a pretty good list. 
And that's one thing too about, because um, you said with Gone Girl, whether she was the, um, would you say the good guy, bad guy? The protagonist, yeah, yeah, protagonist. Yeah, protagonist, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Because yeah. usually um, outside any other genre, I mean, you pretty much have a clear cut, good, bad, good guy, bad guy type of thing going on. And film noir is kind of like, it's more realistic in a sense, like I was saying before, that <clears throat> it's all about choices because you could be a, a good, I mean, you could be an alcohol. I mean, you have, I mean, that's another thing relatable because they're so vulnerable, you know, you could be an alcoholic, um, you could be, um, but you have good intentions. You get what I'm saying? You may not make the right choices all the time, but overall, there's a um, human decency in you. You know what I mean? Whether you whether you're Wolverine or your um, uh, the, all the other films that we mentioned, Hell or High Water. Yeah, they're robbing banks, but you know they don't want to kill anybody. They just want justice. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. Um, you, typically in other films, once you rob a bank, you're considered the bad guy. You know what I mean? Um, once you kill somebody, you're considered the bad guy. Um, I mean, Wolverine, he, he killed people. Um, you know, there's other, other things that automatically distinguish you as the bad guy, but in uh, film noir, it's, it's not as clear cut. It's more, more about um, the human decency within within you, no matter, you know, you're flawed, like anybody can be. And, um, you know, you're just trying to eke out a little bit of quality of life for yourself if if you can achieve that. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like, to me, that's kind of what distinguishes film noir from other films. You know, comedy, even a comedy, you have the, you might have the bully, okay, clear cut, you know, he's the bad guy, you know, and then you have the person um, who, like in rom-coms, one gets the, uh, the the girl, you know, but maybe he's like, you know, good guy's finished last type of scenario. So you're clear cut, good guy. <clears throat> so film noir kind of reconstructs all that and reconceptualizes it in a more realistic manner. Yeah, I think uh, what we've shown, uh, you know, throughout this, uh, you know, <laughs> thankfully, if, you, if you're still with us now, uh, thank you very much for uh, staying with us. Uh, but uh, as we go as we went through all our lists, but I think it just shows that, uh, you know, there's uh, many common elements amongst all of our picks, but uh, there are many different genres. I mean, some people consider them, you know, whether that's, a, you know, a futuristic thriller or, you um, um, you know, period piece or a character study or high school or, you know, even high school drama with brick. Um, you know, you can feed all these elements and things into other genres, but it just shows the influence of film noir. Uh, you know, all these elements are recognizable, you know, across so many different movies and across so many different uh, eras that uh, you just see the long reach of this, uh, this very important genre. And, uh, you know, for the reasons that uh, we outlined, uh, it was one of the first genres to, you know, depict a, a more gray zone morality. Um, and it, 
it showed uh, people uh, doing, uh, you know, being presented with hard choices, and uh, you know, and, uh, with, uh, that gives you that gives your audience another level of engagement. Uh, you know, what would they decide to do in this situation? Um, would they go along with the thinking of the characters? Would they not? Uh, it, 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 it shows uh, that uh, these, you know, uh, these things, these th these themes really are able to, um, you know, present uh, presenting humanity. It gives humanity these characters that you know, you know you normally don't see, and you know you wouldn't see in a uh, just typical cop drama or a typical mystery thriller. It gives uh, you know you're able to relate to characters you wouldn't normally relate to on screen. Uh, and I, that's and that's a huge reason of why I like movies. Uh, it gives you a perspective that uh, that you didn't have beforehand, and it gives you questions about yourself that uh, maybe you will start asking after the movies. Uh, you know, as soon as the credits come up, and uh, that's you know, that's that's invaluable of any movie, and that's definitely indelible to the, to film noir and uh, neo noir all the way up to today. And hopefully uh, filmmakers continue using it, uh, you know, for uh, whatever, whatever, uh, what, 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 you know, these elements show up, you know, and, uh, you know, when, whenever it's uh, safe to go back out to the theaters or hopefully there's something in the, in the pipeline that can be uh, placed on streaming. Uh, hopefully these, this continues and is able to uh, expand and keep on expanding. Yep, <clears throat> you said it, you summarized it very well. We thank you as always for giving us a listen as Kenyatta and I discussed the m modern films and filmmakers influenced by film noir. All three of us, Mark, Kenyatta, and Jeff, hope to be together in an episode soon. Check back from that shortly. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast and the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button, anchor.fm. You can find Kenyatta and I hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing scripts meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and other life's pursuits. Happy holidays, take care, and stay strong.